raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. It's the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. The Pirates were the better team today, and they win it 27-22. And your biggest heartbreak. Chris Johnson bounces off a one. He's still up. Johnson to the outside has a chance. Foot race. Goodbye. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. College football is here. I can't take but a few many more of those, man. It's it's getting rough, Walker. I mean, <laughs> you're a couple more times of me hearing that away from just getting tackled out of the chair. It feels like it's a big – it feels like, though, we're not running out of the, the locker room, though. Yeah. Like, when we, – we still need to add a little to it. That's okay. We're in the beginning stages of team week. So, we need to put – I think maybe we just need to put some kind of bed there to help us out. But – it feels like we're a little lackluster coming out of the gate. Purple haze. Yeah, purple haze, man. <laughs> we, we need to bring that. Damn we need to bring that Jimmy to the Hendrix. Table. We need to bring that to the table, no doubt, and uh, come out a little bit hotter for team week. Cameron's a, a Jimi Hendrix purple haze. I mean, I'm going to have to go with the Jimi Hendrix right. song. I mean, like, it's just more of a classic. I mean, but both legends. Big, big respect to Cameron and, and purple haze. Okay, all right. So, uh, team week continues East Carolina, the defense. And this is a side of the ball that's definitely going to need a lot of work as well. We talked about all that they had to replace on offense, but last year this was the sixth best scoring defense in the American Conference, and they were seventh in yards. But the worst part was that uh, they were 11th in pass defense and ninth in defensive efficiency. So uh, that is not good when you talk about defensively what you're going to need to be able to be successful in a conference, frankly, that has a lot of good quarterbacks that are going to cause uh, East Carolina a lot of problems, or at least uh, they would hope that they won't. But this crew defensively, they're going to need a lot of work and to replace a lot of guys into the secondary. Six starters return on defense. They allowed 6.1 yards per play and also have to replace their standout cornerback from last season, Malik Fleming, that's going on, and he hit the transfer portal. But I think that this defense, there is some hope, and I think it's going to start at the linebacker position and some of the standouts that they had this spring. And I'm going to start with Jack Bowers. What a great name. Doesn't that sound like a what, – what was the Pirates name in Pirates of the – Caribbean Jack Sparrow Jack Sparrow so you got Jack Bowers and so this guy in the spring starting outside linebacker Jeremy Lewis missed the spring as he rehabbed from injury so this allowed him to be able to get a lot of first team work at outside linebacker he was a transfer from Nevada they said he rushed at the edge at an efficient level pressuring the quarterback and so they also talked about how uh, you know, this guy's a pretty good tackler, and he was solid in coverage as well. Then you go to Michael Edwards, speedy, 
quick linebacker, intercepted a lot of passes in practice, got his hands on a lot, so he looks to be a good coverage linebacker, but he's also been much improved versus the run. And then one of my favorite names is linebacker slash safety, so this guy's a bit of a hybrid. Ra-Ra Dealworth, Fitty might know about this guy because he is a North Carolina transfer, or maybe... <laughs> oh, no, I predicted him to be a all-ACC player last year. Wow. Oh, do you predict him to be an all American conference player. I I hope so, so I can be rah rah on the radio for him. Well, and then we did the whole chant, right? Like he was born to play at North Carolina. It's unfortunate that he's going to ECU because of rah rah Carolina Lina. And, and Fiddy, then it didn't I'm really work out. shocked that you are cheering for a guy that left your beloved program. But uh, six one and a half, two hundred pounds. They slide him as a Sam linebacker, so you know that he can run. He's got the speed to cover a lot of ground. But they also use him a lot and want to use him on blitzes. And they said he showed in several scrimmages that he can cover up horizontal throws quickly and can get to the quarterback. So I think the linebackers are going to be the strength uh, of this defense. But what do you think as you look at this East Carolina defense where maybe some of the strengths and weaknesses are and who uh, may be there to step up for them? Well, I mean, I think the defense, when you talk about their passing defense, that was the problem, as you mentioned. Yeah. And so if their secondary can get better this season, then that's going to go a long way. If you look at the point totals, that teams put up on them last year, mm-hmm. it really wasn't all that bad. They were tied for 72nd, which sounds bad, but there are a lot of college football teams out there. So tied for 72nd and points allowed at 27 points per game. You see them against 13th ranked NC State in opening week, September 3rd. They held them to just 21 points and NC State barely survived week one. So then you allow 21 to Old Dominion. You allow 10 to Campbell. You allow only 23 to Navy, 28 to South Florida. This was not a defense that got destroyed until you get to Memphis when they allowed 40, uh, 45 points. That was the quadruple overtime game that went absolutely nuts. So it's not like they went, they didn't have too many performances, Wes, where it just got uncontrollable, right? Like the offense always gave them a chance to win. The defense held them at least the opposition in a little bit of check. And so now you're trying to figure out, okay, can our passing defense be up to par to the point where maybe we can take some of the stuff that we learned last year, apply it to this season with an improved pass defense. And I think they're going to be okay, but I don't look at that side of the ball and think, whoo, man, they got a ton, a ton of issues. Yeah. And so when you look at that secondary, as you talked about a couple of names to know there, Siobhan real six, two one ninety. So that's great size for a corner, uh, extremely physical in the run game. He is described as, and they say he may be a little bit rough around the edges as he gets game experience, but it's really talented. And then they also have another, safety Devon King and they said he is a hard hitter and has got good speed as well but coverage consistency uh, he needs to improve upon and so those things are going to be paramount walk because when you look at Conference USA we talked about yesterday uh, you've got Michael Pratt at Tulane who looks to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country Frank Harris from UTSA you talk about Preston Stone at SMU Seth Hennigan at Memphis and then Casey Thompson who while he may not be a marquee guy as far as this is his third school after coming from Nebraska and Texas but this is still a guy that's capable of hurting you if he gets the opportunity and so this is going to be a defense that's going to need to be able to mature in a hurry because offenses in the American are going to be uh, led by some experienced quarterbacks that can play some ball and so I think for East Carolina uh, that's going to be very key 
for them to be able to get this defense going, especially with the quarterback in Mason Garcia uh, or Alex Flynn, no matter who it is, neither one of these guys are that experienced, and the offense looks to be a work in progress as we march toward the season. But Coach Logan talked a lot about this and just East Carolina as a destination in the state of North Carolina. You're talking about competing against Clemson, North Carolina State, North Carolina, Wake Forest, uh, and and you can throw South Carolina in the mix as well because a lot of kids around here, especially when you talk to Charlotte area or kids just in North Carolina in general, they have a lot of options of schools that are very close to them. And so when you look at East Carolina, it is amazing for schools when they're able to win seven to nine or ten games, uh, being that the, the talent pool that they have to choose from. Coach Logan talked about it as being layered once you start adding in championship elements that desire the teams from the bigger conferences. And now, again, he spoke about with NIL in the mix as well, and you're going up against schools that can raise millions of dollars to be able to pay their players. And East Carolina is just not a program that even when they put all of their efforts together, they're still going to have a tough time as far as being able to lure in top recruits. So what do you think – about East Carolina as a destination, and just where do you feel like they sit in the hierarchy of this state as we talk about them this week? Well, that's why I was wondering what Coach Logan was talking about with this being guerrilla warfare. Man, he painted a really dry picture, a bad one, and I don't get that sense when you talk about what they've been able to accomplish even recently, even with some down periods with that football program. It's not unsalvageable by any means. Mike Houston has done a good job building winning programs the last two seasons, at least. Even when you had the bad stretch of Scott Montgomery being the head coach, at least you had before Ruffin McNeil, who is revered, who is praised, where Pirate fans were really mad at ECU for letting him go. And then you move on to Montgomery, who, of course, didn't do a good job the, the three years that he was the head coach there. It's time for you to walk the plank. That's what they were telling to <laughs> Scotty Montgomery immediately. Walk the plank. I wonder how many times that joke has been made. But this is something that has been a good group of five school before. So, yeah, that's why it was always kind of weird to uh, to listen to Coach Logan talk about it. Different time, though, man. Like, 2 was Coach Logan's last time at ECU. So that was when BCS was starting to enter the picture sure. and he was telling us all about it. Here we are more than 20 years removed from that. And still the history we talked about at the QB spot. Yeah, man, it's still pretty strong with what you've seen from this program. Yeah. And so we talked about all the things and it was interesting how he brought it up about it being an arms race back in the day for facilities. How does your weight room look? How does your locker room look? And now it's changed even beyond that. But even as I sit here today, just checking out their Rogers family performance center, it's a nice facility but it's not north carolina it's not uh you know some of the other schools and definitely not on par with the clemsons and even wake forest with the new facility they've had i mean i've gone and worked out in there and it is very nice it is light years beyond what we worked out in back in the day and and i think that still matters to a lot of kids especially if you're not the kid that's going to get a big nil bag could y'all ever see a day where ecu is an acc school no because i just feel like that you know, a lot of times expansion is about TV markets, and I just don't know that East Carolina has a lot to offer the ACC in those regards. I've always thought that as far as just logistics, I thought it was a great fit. I love their their crowd and their atmosphere and things of that nature. But when you think about the true definitions of expansion and what these conferences look for, I don't know that East Carolina offers a lot. But it, it, it would all have to be about finances because – 
at least with their competition, this is what, again, I keep going back to this Coach Logan thing, man, but if you go back to what ECU was able to do as a mid-major for so long, the Pirates went bowling 14 times between 1991 and 2014. They won at least nine games six times in that span. And so when you see what they've been able to do with a couple of different steps, having NFL QBs, Jake Blake in the NFL, long career, David Garrard in the NFL, long career, then you have maybe some special quarterbacks just to their program. But Shane Carden was a bad man. We just saw Holden Aylers really develop and turn into a very good QB. Here we are talking, what, Zay Jones? As a borderline first-round pick, yeah. Chris Johnson, your boy, goes on for Tennessee and rushes and becomes CJ2K. They get talent, yeah. and it doesn't matter what coach they have. Well, that's not true, but this is a school that if you have a good or decent enough coach, they can churn out some good records. This is going to be a reset in 2023. We've talked about it a million times, but when we discuss all the offensive prowess, you're hoping that the defense can come along. Good news is, West Mike Houston is kind of that old-school head coach type. Where can you run the football? Can you put out a good defense to just be able to keep you within striking distance? And if they can, that's going to go a long way to help your new quarterback, whoever it is, assuming it's Garcia. And this can be a squad that, hey, maybe three winning seasons in a row, right? Once you get to three and you have a reset in there, I think that goes a long way to how good you feel about the program's sustainability going forward. Yeah, I think so as well. And uh, would would you walk a deep... Do you see yourself, if you were coming out as a recruit today, would you kind of give ECU the time of day, you think? Would I give them the time of day? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Depends on who I'm getting recruited by. I mean, it, I probably would choose Florida if it was down between those two. Yeah. But I think I'd give them the time of day. I Depending on what was promised to me, I look, I don't know, man. So I was never you hit, recruited you hit as a football Fitty when he said what was it what was promised to me? I mean, he's a Carolina guy and we are we're prominent, so we're we're better than everybody. <laughs> to be honest, I wouldn't listen to what you said, so yeah. when you cued me, I was yeah, I was in left was, field. Uh, yeah, you definitely were. Well, uh, anyway, well, I didn't well, what do you mean by that question? Because you're what? you're acting like you're not giving ECU. No, 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 no. See, there you go. You try to put it back on me because I said <laughs> something about you. No, I'm just uh, trying to ask what do you mean no like, i was just asking like, the question yeah, i just sure. find it interesting like just your perception of of east carolina it's just interesting to me just all the things that we talked about with coach logan and they're just talking about their desirability and then you talk about the winning seasons and, and what mike houston has been able or what he's been able to do because i think it, it's fantastic uh that he's got east carolina back i like the state of north carolina when east carolina is a winning program so i think it's great uh i've watched several games from them uh especially when they have a competitive team and i've definitely gotten to see them the last couple of seasons when they played north carolina state uh as well so it was just interesting to me and i just wanted to know uh your perspective on them i mean i think the way that you best uh, appeal to, to recruits and stuff like that is if you grew up in the area and you grew up wanting to play at carolina and nc state maybe maybe not duke and probably not wake forest but like if, if they don't recruit you well you can come here because you play them so often that you're going to get a chance to beat them and that almost happened last year week one of the season they almost beat nc state well, it home. happens and it's it's not like it's crazy it yeah right yeah. i mean they scored 70 on on carolina like, like they have a history they beat 
Virginia Tech twice when they were a ranked team. So, yeah. like, there is appeal to go there because they have a track record that say, we can't compete with the big dogs that are around us locally, Carolina State, Virginia Tech. Well, and just real quickly to add on to your point. So, here they are as, I guess, what has been a tone of little old ECU. There has been that underlying tone with some of this, which is not intended. It's not where I thought the tone was going to go. But Mike Houston is getting a trio of North Carolina defensive transfers. So that actually directly speaks to your point. Yeah. If Good you luck. don't play up, if you don't play with North Carolina and you're, you're not getting much playing time or it's just not working out for you, where do they go? They stayed in the state and you got three transfers from the North Carolina football program. So that even speaks directly to your point, Fiddy. And then we'll see if a better coaching staff. Some might think Mike Houston is better just based off what he's accomplished compared to what Mac Brown is on game day. Then we'll see if those guys can play a little bit better in Greenville. And also, let me say as uh, we close this discussion down, great uniforms. I will say that. I've thought that their uniforms have always been slept on. I think the purple uh, is has always been a dope colorway and the way they've done different things, having the bones going down the pants and different things like that too, man. It, it, their, their uniforms are among uh, the dopest to me. So we'll talk about the All-Star game last night. Major League Baseball. How was it? What does Fitty had to say? Does it even matter anymore? That and more on the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. I've got a very important question for everyone, and it comes via Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Wes Bryant underscore 72, at HTB underscore Josh. And there's another one you should follow. At Weston Walker. The question comes from Trucker PC. We appreciate you writing in. Very important question. I can't stress that enough. I love hearing all the food takes on your show. Curious. Do you know a place that sells good potato wedges? The place I used to get them is closed. Can everybody type in a place for Trucker PC to get good potato wedges? Nickels, nickels, nickels. 704-570-9610. Wes is telling you nickels three times. Or any times. place that serves gas station uh, chicken. Any gas station that serves chicken and wedges, go there, get wedges. So I would go to Shell's on South Boulevard. Yep. That would be one that you could go to. Mm-hmm. Fiddy, potato wedges. Is there anything coming to mind for you so we can help Trucker PC out? I was going to say KFC, but then I remember they did the dumb thing and take away one of the best items on the menu. Yes. So, be- oh, I don't really... Just help us out, people. Yeah, because I'm trying to think from from a fast food place. Not not there's not a place outside of KFC that comes to mind. Does Cookout do potato wedges? I don't. No, think they, they do. don't. Mm-mm. They need to do something because the fries are trash. Yes, they point. are. All right, so write this down, trucker. Oh uh, yeah, Hathaway's Chicken Monroe. Oh, that we like. Fitty likes it. Favorite. It's the best fried chicken in the world, and their 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 hash browns. I might have a food gasm on the air. Their hash browns with their macaroni and cheese. Are we about to have another sagebrush moment? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like we are. (laughs) Hornets Andy said Publix has amazing all-caps potato wedges. Oh, yeah. I've I've seen those in there, too. A lot of Hathaway's love on the text line. I didn't know about it. Hathaway's and Monroe. You never come down to the 704. I invited you this morning. He said no. They have a 704 area code. 
I'm in 704 as we speak. <laughs> okay, we are, I'm doing as Matt sh- Rule would say. 704-980. Let's go. Um, here's one from... Oh, Biscuitville. Really? Yeah, that's what I was going to... Yep, 704 yeah, Biscuitville. They're good. I've never had that one. So Hathaway's is getting a ton of love. That would be the one... If you could only choose one, because I don't want you to have to drive around all sorts of different spots. Trucker. Looks like Hathaway's is the place in Monroe. If not there, then Let's maybe... Find a gas station that sells chicken. Publix or Nichols or a gas station. Those are the one. What about oh, Mr. Mr. C's? Yes. Never <laughs> had Mr. C's. Mr. Mr. C's from K-Town Mafia. Mr. C's from Captain Drumline. That's getting some loves too, but it looks like it's all Hathaway's right now. Um, I did want to look over a little bit more on the ECU front, just a little bit, okay. looking at some of the defenders here with some new content being dropped on the American Conference via ESPN. If you want to go check it out, ESPN.com. One of the burning questions about the conference is how does Mike Houston's second act at ECU go? And they talked about how you have this reset taking place. For sure, that's something that is going to be a big attention point, as we've been doing this entire time. But here's something a little more about the defense. It's, that's what's showing up today. They added six defensive transfers. I mentioned that tr- uh, that trio from North Carolina. Defensive end, Chad Stevens, is excellent. The athleticism on defense might still be strong, but there are fewer known entities for coordinator Blake Harrell. Can you tell us a little bit about Chad Stevens at all, Fiddy? Is he one of the North Carolina transfers, or is that somebody else that uh, did not play in Chapel Hill? Who? There you go. Uh, we'll move on. Hmm. So I appreciate Fiddy for helping us out there. The defense, even with the passing defense being the worst in the conference, the run defense was second best in the conference. I wonder how much of that is just because everybody, everybody was throwing, was throwing the football. It. Exactly. Right. And you are losing quite a bit of defensive players. But, Wes, anytime you lose a bunch of guys, I think they're losing 11 of the 18 defenders that played 200 snaps or more. So it's a lot. But also, if your defense wasn't great, how much of a good thing is that? Yeah. yeah. To just get other guys' opportunities. I feel like it's a real wild – everything. Everything to me is a wild card. You have to put so much faith into Mike Houston being able to write this ship. It depends Pirate on ship. It depends on what's behind them. Do you have a bunch of young guys? Because the thing you say to yourself was, well, hell, if these guys were so good, why weren't they playing last year? The defense was already bad. So are you going to replace them with guys who aren't as good and inexperienced to boot? So those are the burning questions when you look at that. So I think that you want to approach that with uh, optimism, of course, and hopefully you just have a lot of young guys that aren't quite ready yet. And obviously somebody's going to step up. There's going to be a guy too that's going to step up and surprise you, but you just have to be a little bit worried because you know if the defense was already as bad as they were, especially when we talk about that secondary being 11th and pass defense. And that's the thing because running pass defense can be a bit skewed as we just talked about, but they have to have some type of balance for it to make sense to me but when you've got a unit that's so far down the line you're talking dead last in something one of those categories run or pass and that automatically negates your run defense and so I think that for this team it just depends on what's behind it do you have a, a lot of young guys who just weren't ready yet or are there guys that were upperclassmen that just weren't good enough to play and now you've got to rely on them all right so we'll talk a little bit more about ECU we'll give you predictions on Friday talk more with Josh Graham an ECU alum and he knows a thing or two about the ACC doing 
Radio covering the conference very well. We'll get to him tomorrow, I believe at 1245 is when he is going to join us. So that should be a lot of fun. Let's switch gears and talk about the All-Star game last night. Got to be honest with you. Fiddy, I told you this in the fishbowl. Wes, I haven't told you this yet, but maybe I owe you a little bit of an assumption apology. Okay. Because yesterday, <laughs> I just didn't think that you would really pay attention to the All-Star game all that much. Mm-hmm. And I asked you the question, are you going to at all tune into it? You said, uh, maybe back and forth, but whatever. I just kind of took it as a given for me that I would watch it. You did. But I forgot about the Hornets Summer League game. Yeah. Go scratch yourself. <laughs> I don't do an MLB daily show. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to pay attention, mm. dive deep into the Summer League film, and watch the Charlotte Hornets. Wes, I didn't watch an out, man. I didn't. I owe you a little bit of an assumption apology. Right. And I tried. I tried. We did go see Mission Impossible 7 last night. And for those that I haven't told you yesterday, I know we had the Tom Cruise conversation. And I don't want to turn this into Tom Cruise hour. But it was a masterpiece. And I'm going to leave it at that. I even yelled that out at the end of the movie. And my son said, Dad, Dad, you, you don't need to be yelling like Dad, that Dad, he's assistant player. Chill. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> so, we went to see Mission Impossible 7 uh, last night at Concord Mills. But... I did come in, and I tried to watch some of the game. And when I turned and I saw that it was a defensive game, I was like, oh, boy. I was like, a, <laughs> a, a defensive all-star game. And then I, I really tried, Fiddy. I went back into the night. I, I started looking, and then by the time I really was cognizant enough to go back to it, the game was uh, pretty much over. But I did watch the highlights, and I did uh, and check out and did what I could. But I actually, uh, like I said, I, I, I definitely watched more than Walker did. That's for you sure. You did. No, you did. I, I have to admit. Usually, yeah, man. Uh, usually I take care of it. And but I'm it just like, well. Very defensive game. Hornets Summer League. That's what had the nation's attention last right. night. And it had right. my attention. So, yeah, the NL. How about the, the National League, which is, a, I mean, that is just a storyline that will constantly happen. The National League will usually lose the All-Star game. It's just how it's been. It was nine straight times that the American League would win, except for last night when the NL, they beat the AL after a go-ahead home run in the eighth inning from a Colorado Rocky. Uh, it's Diaz, who was his, what's his first name? Uh, I think it's pronounced Elias. Elias Diaz, that's right. Eli- Elias 32-year-old. Coming in and hitting a home run in the eighth inning to win three to two. You watched it. How entertaining was it to you, Fiddy? They'll look at this to see whether this is a flagrant. That was scary. I don't even even know if I want to see that again. You've got to think that's going to be a flagrant. The question is, is it a one or a two? just a mini rant because there were a lot of things about the game that I really enjoyed like getting the players mic'd up I thought that was a cool feature at one point you had the pitcher and the batter mic'd up at the same time that was really cool y'all watched the highlights what did y'all notice about the two teams on the field Wes what'd you think no I'm playing he's away from the mic so he can't ask him I don't know what, what did you make of it what what the hell are those jerseys that they're wearing why on God's green earth, what marketing nerd that works for Major League Baseball thought it was the best idea for them to wear jerseys that do not reflect who they who the team they actually play for? They put the symbol on top of the hats and stuff like that. But also, like the National League, they're wearing black pants. What baseball team wears black pants unless they're wearing special edition uniforms with the City Connect crap? I just don't understand. Like We're all about marketing our, our players and our stars. And all this type of stuff. The NBA has the same damn problem. 
Put these guys in their actual uniforms on the field at the same time. I disagree. Explain yourself. <laughs> I love NBA All-Star uniforms. Not all of them, but especially the ones back in the day. I love the throwback ones that had the stars on them, like well, what that, they wore in Charlotte. But see, that's that what that everybody nature. goes to. The NBA All-Star jerseys, they've had San like... Antonio. They've had two. I think people like what they had in Phoenix in that one year in San Antonio. And really... There's been more. But there have been a lot of trash. There have been that a too. lot of trash. And then, what was it? Was it 2000 when they wore their own jerseys and they had the home versions and the away versions? Yeah. And so, that's what you kind of want to see? Something like 2000 NBA All-Star game? Yeah, I mean, I think it does make a little bit more sense in the NBA. It doesn't make any sense in Major League Baseball. when Because they don't have the marketing issue that the NBA has. And I get it because people, people bought this crap. And these jerseys, these all-star jerseys are like 20, 30 bucks more online than your actual jerseys are. But how are you how are you marketing your stars when you've got a National League uniform? No. Put them on their actual uniforms. That way for the Braves that did participate, people would understand, oh, Acuna plays for the Braves. Austin Riley made a great play down the third baseline. He plays for the Braves. You couldn't tell that last night if you were a seven-year-old trying to watch baseball for the first time. So this dawned a question for you about the importance of the All-Star Game, where here I am admitting that it's not something that I made appointment television. Yes, I have a certain set of responsibilities I do have to cater to, but I easily could have tuned in. And it just kind of split, uh, slipped my mind. Gotta until, get the two screens, man. You know, I do have to get the two screens, but also I don't know how many people do think the MLB All-Star Game is important. And to be fair, that's not necessarily... You unique to the MLB. We have talked about this with the NBA All-Star Games. Certainly the Pro Bowl is joked about time and time again. So has the All-Star Game lost all relevance? Because to me, the break is the fun part that we get with all of these sports. The Home Run Derby, that has become a much better event. I have to imagine more people were talking about it on Twitter in real life at the time of the event on the Home Run Derby than they were with the All-Star Game. With the NBA All-Star Game, man, we know about how it's like, what, you're going 50%? Not even 50%. The defense it's non-existent. Yeah. That, that's not hyperbole. They do not play defense in the All-Star game a lot. And then you go to the Pro Bowl, I, you can't. Uh, outside of Sean Taylor, RIP, hitting the punter, you're not going to get big-time plays in the Pro Bowl game. So, to me, this, is always, this has always been the problem. Baseball has a good All-Star product. They do, certainly compared to the other leagues. So, Fiddy, I'll kick it back to you with you watching it. How do they bring back some of that relevance, and how much do you think it does cater to the other sports we're talking about? Unfortunately, I think for baseball, the only way to bring it back is to put World Series home, a home field advantage on the line, which is, is, is great because when that was on the line, the game was managed a whole lot differently. You weren't taking out players after one inning as frequently as you do now. You do with pitchers, though. Yeah, with pitchers you do, because and that makes a lot of sense. But the so outside of bringing that back, I don't know if there is another way. But, there, I, I mean, like, when I first got into sports, I watched the, All, the, the NBA All-Star game. I would watch the Pro Bowl. I would watch the Major League Baseball All-Star game. Now, I don't bother watching the NBA All-Star product. I don't bother with whatever the Pro Bowl, whatever that it was this year, didn't even bother. So I just like for you guys like who are you know, a little bit older than me, Walker, and, you know, Wes is a dinosaur, hmm. when, when did this change for y'all? 
Because, like, my, my 10-year-old Josh was still tuning in and watching this stuff. I imagine it was the same thing for you as kids growing up loving sports. Well, and, and especially here recently with the All-Star, well, not even the All-Star game. This is not about the All-Star game, really, why it's not important. It's about the sport of baseball in general. And it's not because baseball is a bad sport. It's just not as popular as it used to be. And so with the marketing problem that the MLB has, and if you fail to market your stars, and then you have a game that includes all of those stars that aren't marketed as well as what you seem to think or the the way in which they should be then hello the game full of those stars that you don't market very well aren't going to get a ton of attention so this is all done outside of the break that you get in the middle of the how many game season do they play west 368 so in the middle of the 368 game regular season in the middle of that you're not going to get as many eyeballs as you used to yeah and so i think too when you look at i'm looking at the television ratings right now between 1992 and 2002 because I remember watching the All-Star game with Ken Griffey Jr. in it and being excited and the Cal Ripkins and things of that nature. And so when you look at the ratings, you really start to see uh, that big decline starting to come in 2003. But pretty much since 2011 and on, I mean, it's just been really down. When you talk about being at the height in 1993 of 22.31 million viewers in the United States to 2022's All-Star game, where you only have... 7.5 million viewers in the United States. So I think it is a marketing problem. Uh, Fiddy, I'd be interested to hear, too, your NBA uh, marketing issue as well. But with baseball players, I just don't think they do enough. Like with Otani, my God, I know he's got some commercials. But the things that you could do with this guy from a commercial standpoint, I think about the old baseball commercials when you talk about Nike and 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 Ken Griffey Jr. and I got it, where he's running all over the United States to go catch a ball because that's what type of range he had. You're talking about a cartoon character type of player in Shohei Otani that does both something we've never seen. And yeah, like I said, he gets marketed a little bit, but it should be on overdrive with the commercials, the endorsements, the things that Major League is doing because that is how you get viewers. You remember Chicks Love the Long Ball, that whole commercial ad that they had that got people interested as well the MLB is definitely dropping the ball at this point with some of the players that they've got that they could market that would appeal to kids and casual fans alike Hornets Ron said, I love the 368 so serious, and Walker just rolls with it like it's the correct number. Definitely feels like 368. It is. It's a 368 regular season, and whew, it's it's sometimes rough to roll with. But yeah, I, we'll see what happens in the second half. At least you have some players, though, that are talked about more than they used to be. You do have the Aaron Judge. Oh, it's there's some marketing too. for you. You can't you can't watch a college football game without Aaron Judge. I mean, how double of a commercial screen. could you make with him in a courtroom and doing something dope with baseball? And come on, man, get this man so a much. Mar- get this man a marketing yes. job. Yes, you know, as long as you can do the show, get this man a marketing you. job. I'm gonna put y'all baseball. in the commercials too. That'll be great. All right. Speaking of a showman, somebody that we should market a lot more. Let's go with Fitty here. <laughs> the third Fitty Flash of the day. Market yourself, Fitty. <laughs> Fitty. Glad to know, Walker, when I asked for a segment to lead off the Wesson Walker show, you you didn't just laugh at it. You took it to heart because you want to market me better here on WFNZ. Did you see that the two rule changes that did go into effect next year for the NBA? 
I did not. Can you please tell me about well, them? So you got the second coach's challenge if the first one is successful. And we do have an in-game flopping penalty that will be assessed. And now whenever a referee does call a flop, there will be a non-unsportsmanlike technical foul on the offending player's team. And the opposing team will get a free throw. But you can also... This can also be called throughout d different durations of the game. Like this, Flopping can be called if they're reviewing another call. Did they make this just more complicated than what it needed to be as opposed to if there's a flop, you just stop the game right there, assess the technical foul, and move on? No, I think the there was so much anger about all of the flopping going on when it comes to the stars in the sport and even oh, other guys that are nuisances like a Patrick Beverly you might think of. Even a Grant Williams is somebody that plays like that as well. Marcus Smart. As much as we talked about him, Marcus Smart, 100%. So if it's that big of a problem, the NBA is doing a decent amount here to try to fix it. And I love the coaching challenge thing by the way add another one if they're successful on like the first because what these coaches would do is they would just hold on to it even if the call was a missed one right even if you knew it was missed in the second quarter it was actually pretty dumb for the coach to throw that challenge out right yeah. then and there because you want to save it you don't get another one until the fourth quarter so now you get the chance to correct a couple of calls I hope that the game isn't slowed down by that I think overall two necessary rule changes the NBA two for two in my opinion yeah I agree with you a hundred percent uh i like them trying to cut out the flopping it's gotten on my nerves for forever and then again like you said the coaches would try to uh hoard them until late in the game and not that you had any you only had one but so now and i'm having an extra one that would definitely help one more segment to go wesson walker it's coming up next sports radio 92.7 wfnz raise a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to mcdonald's for mcnuggets and the play play slide have something sweet in her honor come to mcdonald's and treat yourself to the grandma mcflurry today ba -da -ba -ba -ba. and participate in mcdonald's for a limited time and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ last segment of the day talking MLB all-star games we're helping people out find their potato wedges huge huge news for everybody Hathaway's a resounding yes on Hathaway's even if Wes let it off with Nichols which is also a good second option apparently to the people is that where he ended up going has he reported back to us where he's going to end up stopping I don't know trucker tweet at me again <laughs> at Walker Mail if you want to just let me know the potato wedges update um i don't have anything for you right now so i thought we could just explore some of the interesting tabs now i'm not going to give you all the tabs that i have open i'm just going to go with the interesting ones Ooh. so the ones that i have open right now it's mlb all-star stats because i love a good baseball reference page and how about jared weaver stats for you you like that? We were looking through the offseason, and Fiddy was asking about some baseball history. You said you need to get up to date on some of it, or back to date, if you will. And Jared Weaver came up in conversation with some of those Angels teams, random Angels, Sean Figgins. Garrett Anderson won the 03 MLB All-Star Game uh, MVP. That's why we started talking about that. So, yeah, we talked a little bit about some of the best uh, L.A. Angels, Anaheim Angels of all time. That's the kind of conversation we were having. Did you have a tab that you wanted to bring out? You brought uh, your computer out emphatically. You were going to it. Yeah, I, I didn't know you were going to go to the tabs deal, but my tabs were already clean. I mean, and I do close my computer and have it on sleep, so it's open to what I have right now. All I have is the show 
uh, the the show rundown, and that's all I've got right now. I closed all my. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Well, all right. I was going to go. This is a good question, though. Okay. For you and for anybody else out there. Do you like a lot of tabs up on the screen? Because I know for me, that's an annoyance. I don't like a lot of tabs. I don't like more than four or five at a time. But I see some people, they'll have 25 to 30 tabs like going at once. I can't do that. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's not bad. That's oh, pushing I exited it. a lot. Yeah, that's pushing it. But I do it a lot. Yes. Yeah. I am one to have 20 tabs open now when i get rid of them it's refreshing but i like to have everything in front just an easy click away love how all can the tabs you know when world. everything is so small how do you know what's what well because i because you have a different logo for some of these websites sure. and so i've just been doing the game for quite some you, time Fitty? wes so th th <laughs> this actually happened this morning i kicked shrop out of the side studio because i had to do some real work he had like four youtube tabs opened up so there's like seven tabs pulled up and I just start clicking out. And he actually texted me. I'm going to do my Shrop voice. Mm -hmm. Hey, yo, man. Uh, don't close out of those YouTube tabs, okay, man? <laughs> and I texted back. I was like, yeah, too late, man. Because, like, Flounder and Hoggard, this is why this computer behind the board sucks. Is because I'll get behind here, and there's, like, 18 tabs opened up. And it slows down this oh, computer. Hog's the tab guy. And it, it absolutely just, you know, you know, he complained about the thermostat one time of being an adult. Hey, can you be an adult and not open up 18 tabs on the computer? Uh, like three is efficient enough. I'm telling you, adults can handle as many tabs in their face as you want. 980 said the more tabs you have, the more mentally unstable you are. I want to know why you want to tell us what all tabs you have opened up. What you got going on over there? I'm telling you, no, I'm good with it. I just did. I thought Wes would have something other than the rundown being open, but I was like, okay, mm. you know, we got the rundown and Wes brought his computer out to tell you. I got Jared Weaver stats. I got the O2 MLB All-Star lineup. Um, I've got the box score from Wes Bryant playing ECU and Chris Johnson back in 2005 where we got to see a 140-yard rusher and Chris Barclay run for 200 yards on over 20 attempts. I know, man. My boy is so underrated, man. One of the best running backs in ACC uh, history. Doesn't get the love he deserves. I also have the definition of uh, guerrilla warfare. I was trying to I was going <laughs> to try to tie that in to something ECU related, but remember Coach Steve Logan, former ECU coach who joined us. You can check it out on WFNZ.com. He joined us and discussed how guerrilla warfare like it was recruiting at ECU and trying to win in, in uh, Greenville. Yeah, I was going to say too, man, we could tell him about the, the show line yesterday that we had at Rhino because I wanted to get Fiddy's official review. I don't think we ever got it. I heard some noises. I heard him say a little bit of what he thought, but uh, since we finally got him over to Rhino, what do you uh, think? I mean, after like three months trying to set this lunch up and even offered to pay for all your lunches to go, oh. it was well worth the time. <laughs> it wasn't... Uh, I haven't had enough to say it's on par with Jersey Mike's. But whenever I want a sandwich, it's going to be a lot easier to send Flounder, Flounder or Shroppy to Rhino Market as opposed to making the drive. I got to add jalapenos and banana peppers to my club. I want now. you to get the torta, like Walker and I get. That's what you guys have got to have. I'd have That's to take the highlight. so much of the stuff off of it because I don't like it. It's one of the best sandwiches in the city. Yeah, like I tell my son, sometimes walk on the wild side. Try something different. No, don't tell him that. He's going to get wilder right. than he already is. That's Josh Fitty Marlowe. KB's got the <laughs> right. Is that rhino in there right there? It's, it's done. Yes, it was cracking out. I, I, I do agree with you, but sometimes I'm bad about it, too. I rolled into a spot that I grew up going to on Saturday with my yeah. kids. My, my parents want to take it for lunch. And I was, gonna, I was deciding between two options that I never get. 
And then the waitress comes to the table, and I'm like, which am I, what am I going to get? And I went immediately to the sandwich I get every single time. Because <laughs> I, I couldn't decide which of the other two things I wanted, so the yeah. only thing I could blurt out was the thing that I always get. Yeah. That's okay. all I could do. All right. But the, in principle, you're absolutely right. The worst panic ordering that I have at any kind of restaurant, the one that brings it out the most is Taco Bell. Because there's so wow. many options. I just don't know where to go. Number seven. So most of the time when I pull up, I know what I'm going to get. I have, I have no clue. Unless I know what there's I'm gonna, a new menu item. I've got the box. I know I'm going with the deluxe craving, $5 box. But then I see some great value, dollar whatever here and there. It's like, wait, Crunchwrap Supreme does sound good. Then they say, what do you want? <laughs> and then I start to panic. I have no clue. Then I got to ask for a minute. It's uh, it's really stressful time for me ordering a Taco Bell. And with I, that, I get that sometimes, though. I do it at the window, too. Yeah. I hope everybody's able to live through that pain that I was, too, <laughs> as well. All right. That'll do it for Weston Walker. Keep it right here. Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke Ludwig. It's coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.